This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And welcome everybody to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. And this is yet another Tiffy Tuesday. The great Tiffy is sitting uh, beside me. And today we have a very long-awaited guest, Miss Lauren White. She is a poet, author, engineer, and fellow artistic soul sister. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's ha- I'm so happy to have you on this show finally. I've been fo- I'm very excited. <laughs> I've been following you on Twitter uh, probably for about at least a year now. I see that you you really put your heart out on Twitter. You you are a poet in the deepest sense of what a poet is. And uh, the reason why I started following you is because you put out this poem, and I can't remember which one it was because you put out so many, but you put out one that really touched my soul at the moment that I needed it to touch it. And so I started following you, and I just thought you were amazing. The more I got to know you as a woman, of a fellow woman of STEM, you know, uh, you are the E in STEM, I'm the T in STEM. Uh, Tell people what STEM is. I don't think STEM is, is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, right? And usually that's a male-run field. Am I correct, Lauren? A white male-dominated field. A white male-dominated field. And you are not a white male, are you? <laughs> I am the complete. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I am I'm a woman of color. And uh, so I get, get hit from a couple sides there. Um, so, so sometimes people are a little confused still to this day when uh, I say, oh, yeah, I'm an engineer. And they're like... <laughs> No, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if I'm in my Star Trek uniform, so they think I'm a, yeah. they think I'm a cosplaying That was another I thing I loved about you is that you're such a Star Trek geek, and so am I. So <laughs> uh, you, you love all things geeky, and I'm sure you've been to a Comic-Con at some point in your life, have you not? I, I have. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Especially living here in Florida. That's what you do, right? I mean, not this year, of course. No. But um, I have been to uh, several of them about Orlando and, and in Miami. Oh, okay. so lovely. But yeah. <laughs> the thing that really caught me on um, on you after I had already started following you was that you right. had uh, claimed that you used to be a Jehovah's Witness. Now, I grew up next to a Jehovah's Witness boy. He was the boy next door. He was like my best friend since I was nine. Um, but I saw him growing up, and he he lived a hard life, you know, uh, with uh, both getting bullied because of his religion and also getting bullied within his religion. And then you posted wow. that I used to be a Jehovah's Witness. And I wanted to know... How did that affect your life growing up as a child up to the adult age? Like what, what does that do to you as a person? Um, so it's a, uh, it's an evolution of things. Um, so the exact <clears throat> post that Tiffy's referring to, um, I think I was just in one of my random moods that night and I'm like, it's October 1st. This is why I'm seeing Halloween commercials and, my my post was all right it's it's one october it's officially holiday season i'm in extended bitch mode until about the end of march um well that's a long time <laughs> that's a long time and uh and so the reference was growing up jw and and so 
we don't celebrate, and I still say we, like I haven't been part of it for uh, 13 years now and still will randomly say we, um, but Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate most holidays. Right. And uh, while I am not a part of it and I'm not forcibly exposed to holiday season like you know in school it was harder um because everybody's talking about what they're going to go do um how they can't wait for it like i remember kids saying oh i can't wait till thursday and i'm like what's thursday they're like it's christmas i'm like oh it just didn't mean (laughs) anything to me and um and so now um you know i'm a little I'm not as angry about it. I can hide in my house. I, I do get mad when I see the Christmas decorations pop up in September. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Right. Like, can, let's just get through one. <laughs> um, but um, let me let me ask you this. Where does the anger come from? Is it because, well, let me ask you, when you were younger and you didn't feel as though you were a part in these celebrations that the other kids had, how did that make you feel? Was there a feeling of isolation and did you get angry because of that isolation of not being included? Uh, Was there a social, uh, social anxiety type of thing that arose or what? Well, it's, it's definitely that. And, um, and I, again, an evolution of feelings. So I think when I was really little, um, I didn't care as much, right? Because, you know, you were told this is, this is what we believe. This is what we do. And, um, whenever they would have the holiday parties at school, my mom would keep us at home. I have one younger Uh, brother. So, so we thought that was fun for, for like, uh, if they had the Halloween party or the Christmas party, um, or the Valentine's day party where everybody made cards for each other and all that. Like we just, we got the day off. We got to stay home with mom. Um, as we got older, um, you know, you didn't, didn't get to stay home so much. Um, and you didn't, you didn't, you had those parties, but, um, there was still that isolation feeling. There wasn't anything that you were really looking forward to, right? Like everybody else. Right. I see. And, yeah. um, you know, one half of my family are witnesses. The other half is not my mother's side is not, but we didn't get to spend those holidays with them. We didn't get to um, do other things with them because of uh, the differences in, in religious beliefs. So, um, you know, as you get older, of course, that develops a sense of isolation and a feeling of being outside of the family. Okay. Um, I can imagine. You know, when yeah. you're, you're not able to, to share in those yeah. memories with them. And I, um, I still used to go home every holiday. Like after I moved away uh, from home, I would still like take the time off and go home. Right. And then I finally stopped doing that. Cause I'm like, we're not, we're not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, you know, Good I didn't point. need to spend money, but before that, like I remember in college, um, when I, I lived in on campus only one year or near campus. It was my last year of college and everybody left and went home for winter break. And I was there in our apartment by myself, just feeling miserable. And that's how I tend to feel most holidays. Um, still to this day. Still, I do. I just feel kind of, it's, it's a bit of a lonely time still. Um, because I don't know, I don't really know how to adapt to it. 
Um, there are some things that I've done, like I've done a little Halloween trick or treating. Um, I love to do birthdays with my friends. I like mm. to make it feel special for them um, and try and buy them nice things. I had my first birthday party when I was 25. Wow. <laughs> it yeah, was a yeah. surprise because <laughs> my friends <laughs> knew that I'd, I'd never had one. So, um, wow. so they did a birthday party for me. Um, but then I, I stopped even trying to do that when I was 30 because, you know, people suck. And uh, <laughs> <Imagine> that. <laughs> I, I also have a Memorial Day weekend birthday, so they tend to just oh, be like, oh, oh yeah, right. Um, so <laughs> 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 Bad timing. Um, and people will invite me to uh, like their holiday parties, but I always get so deep in my social anxiety because um, I'm like, mm. oh, this is this is like a family thing. Are you sure? Yeah. Like, you're I'm outside. Yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I had a friend invite me to uh, spend Easter with her family and I did. Um, they had bourbon. So that was good. Word. Um, Word. So I could calm down a little. Um, but after two hours between just the family and the social anxiety and, and my introversion and being overloaded, I just kind of went and sat off. Yeah. <laughs> out to the for a while. some proper social anxiety there, right, right there, girl. You got to go sit yeah. down for a minute and get all that yeah. stimuli the fuck out of your face for a minute so you can collect yeah. yourself. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And my mom says I was, I was like that even as a child. Um, like she, we'd be at a party and she couldn't find me. <laughs> She'd have to go wander around and I'd be sitting off somewhere by myself just saying, I have to get my brain right. And uh -huh. I, I realize right. I'm, I'm still like that. And, um, and I try to explain that to my friends. And so we're, we're going into a whole new topic here. Um, <laughs> but I told, I told Tiffy, like all these things that we're, we'll probably touch on today. Like we'll all segue into each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me, I, let me ask you something though, before we, before we step away from the Jehovah's witness thing, uh, sure. if I can Keep ask me on topic, <laughs> just, if I can ask you uh, something about the fundamentals of, of being a Jehovah's witness, what is it or what, what is the reason for not celebrating holidays where what is the basis of that belief where does that come from John, but, uh, because there's a different reason for every holiday right yeah um i i hmm the the foundations in it i i i'm not sure that i've fully understand once I was of a mind to question it. Okay. So you uh, were, you were indoctrinated into this religion as a child and then you didn't really fully understand the reason. So you just kind of grew up in it. Into it. it. It was, it is right. what it is kind of okay. thing. Okay. Yeah. Right. And there are, there are things that, that make sense. Um, there are things that don't make sense. Right. Um, you know, Halloween is a, a celebration of the dead. Um, you know, yeah. we, we, everything's been secularized into, yes. into something that it was not, yeah. right. So mm. none of these holidays that we celebrate are what they were originally. No. I mean, intended. the Christmas tree is pagan, you yeah. know, yeah. I remember yes. I'm, I, me as an atheist, I remember somebody said, well, you know, if you're an atheist and you don't believe in Jesus and God, then why do you get a Christmas tree? I'm like, well, it's fucking pagan. I mean, like, why do you <laughs> get a Christmas tree? That's my question. <laughs> Literally nothing to do with, with. No. Jesus or, and, and uh, what is it like 
what is it? The winter solstice. Yeah, or, it's the winter or, solstice. Or, yeah. And then, and, and so it's like, oh, let's just combine the birth of the sun god and say Jesus was born this day, even though we have absolutely no evidence yeah. towards None. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it into a, a, a holiday. So, you know, something like that, you know, it makes sense to me. It's nice to, yeah. you know, go hang out with uh, friends and do whatever you do. That a ho- That's a holiday that I personally am glad that I never have to deal with because I'm I like, see. why are you all stressing yourselves right. out? Yeah. Yeah. I'm presents for people. And for me, I don't really like people that much. <laughs> so um, my friends growing up, they'd say, well, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm like, nothing be like well i'm gonna get you something anyway so what do you want and i said okay as long as you understand that i'm not gonna get you anything right because i'm not not starting you're not walking into that hole (laughs) you're not getting anything for me but um something like a a birthday celebration um there are are two instances in the bible where birthdays are mentioned, um, birthday celebrations are mentioned. So uh, do we remember what those two are? No. Uh, the birth of Christ. No. No. Ah. Birthday celebrations. Oh, back, to Sunday, back to Sunday school yeah, for not, me. Not births, because there's lots yeah, of births. And you, if you go through the book of Numbers, that whole thing, the whole book of Numbers is just births. And, and, <laughs> and, and this one begat that one, and that one begat that one, and this one begat that one. Oh, my God. I've okay, read the Bible a, three times. But a, birthday, some a birthday celebration. Yeah, that one I don't remember. All right, so you got two. You got uh, Herod's birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which uh, his wife's request was to have John the Baptizer beheaded. Uh, You have Pharaoh's birthday, uh, at which he killed his cupbearer. So there's a shaky linkage to the Bible, to birthdays and and revelry. This is Um, why I'm an atheist. See, because there's, uh, there's a shaky foundation to all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's like, well, Jesus never celebrated his birthday. Right. And uh, the scriptures also speak to, um, you know, the day that you die being more important than the day that you're being born, because that is what you're ultimately judged by at the end of life is what you have done with it. And as a child, I'm like, okay, um, and then a little older, it's like, well, I can have a birthday dinner out with friends and not get drunk and go to jail or have anybody die. Right. Um, possible. You're not harming anybody. <laughs> no revelry associated with it. I can just have a good time with yeah. my friends and feel special or make them feel special. And if you mentioned every birthday celebration in the Bible, that thing would be a lot fucking longer than it already is. Roger. Um, <laughs> yeah. What would be what would be the point? And so, in my mind, those are um, significant events. Not, mm. I don't think of them as birthday celebrations, but something significant happened at those that I guess somebody thought they were worthy of mention. Right. Okay. But yeah. to it, say so, it was like it was a Kager rager. Then you're trying to say. You're trying say to say, again? it was like a keg or rager at Herod's party then. It was something worth <laughs> significance. Were people doing yeah. keg stands or were they like uh, streaking or what, what happened at the party? It sounds you like know, a great party. Um, 
<laughs> you know, Kager, Kager is probably like a little light. I mean, we're talking about murder happened. So there's mm. there's probably some Jaeger. Hey, listen, I've been is, some I mean, crazy parties, girl. But I never I have I been to a party that. where homeboy turned water into wine. So I'm just saying these ragers can be good. Yeah. These like, biblical. That, that was biblical. Right. The fucking right? rager was biblical. Which is why we do weddings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good point. Good Word. Point. That's what but the reception's is for. <laughs> weddings and anniversaries are okay, but birthdays, you know, that that's the no-no. That's crazy. So. <laughs> well, you know what? But another thing that I learned about Jehovah's Witnesses, um, it was after my childhood, you know, after my, my childhood friend. But then I became a nurse. You know, I, I took my education, became a nurse. And I remember... Um, you know, all this woman needed was a blood transfusion and she refused. And I had to sit there and, you know, watch it end mm. due to something mm. that could have been so simple as a hookup to a blood transfusion. And so I didn't understand what uh, what is behind that idea. Um, so, again, there's a um, scriptural basis in it, not uh, in taking the blood of, of humans or animals. Uh, but then why do we take in the blood of Christ when we take the communion? Exactly. It's so weird. Which you're, which you're not actually doing, right? Right. That's okay. symbolic, yeah. Of okay, course. gotcha. It's symbolic. Um, and that, that's a hard one um, for people that are outside of it because it, it just means your life to somebody else, right? right. Um, and so I remember... Uh, carrying around as a child the little identity cards and the advanced directives once mm-hmm. you got to a certain age and you can sign it for yourself. Um, what I did, though, and, and this is what I, I've had to do with a little of everything, is I'm a curious person. Uh, I ask a lot of questions. This constantly has me in trouble because Word. people feel like I'm, I'm challenging right. them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's actually something that I did uh, my own research on in college when I took a college ethics class, which was one of my favorite courses to, to ever do. And I thought what better topic than to, you know, talk about, you know, blood or no blood. And, and I did the research going back to when it first started. And uh, if memory serves, it started with people taking blood from sheep um, uh. to put into humans. And um, that oh, didn't wow. go very well at first, <laughs> as you can probably imagine. Um, and, and so if you if you kind of go through the history of uh, blood transfusions and, and all the risk associated with it, you know, you might be saving your life. You may also be giving a HIV infection. There's a lot of risk with yeah, it. And but the so whole thing is are, that now these days, you know, we do now we have these, the science to make we sure have the it's science safe. to make sure it's safe. I mean, exactly. you can't, yeah. And so there, there are one at the time that I had done this research. So this was maybe my uh, second or third year of college. I was still living at home and I, I did the research kind of, um, against it and for it. You know, I, I pulled the scriptural background, uh, the scriptures, I quoted them in the research paper that I did, um, spoke to the fact that a lot of hospitals at that time will now only do um, bloodless surgery, or at least surgeries where they w- do not have to do blood transfusions right. because mm-hmm. of the risk associated with that. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, I did my presentation in class, and one of the girls was like, yeah, they're child killers, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I Oof. said, well, this is my religion, um, so we're not child killers, <laughs> so you're all. And I uh, actually found uh, another girl was a Jehovah's Witness in the class, and she came up to me just shaking her head like, yeah, we're just not going to pay attention to her. Oh, um, wow. But I you know, there have been advances in medicine where um, you can do uh, the platelets instead right. of a, a yes. full blood transfusion. And yes. they have the ways where they, is there they a clean difference? the blood. Is there a difference in your religion between platelets and, and a proper blood transfusion? I mean, so there's still somebody's that, soul going into your body or is that not how that works? It's a, it's a, a matter of conscience. Oh, I like how you put the quotes in the air. We, <laughs> we don't we don't have visual on this podcast yet, but I loved how you put the quotes in the air on that one. Well, yes. so then can it be said then that not all Jehovah's Witnesses, because the, the word on the street, if you will, is that Jehovah's Witnesses literally interpret the Bible. But if there's an exception made for platelets, then that means that there is room for... Uh, a variance in the interpretation of the scriptures then among Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witnesses. Am I right? Just like I, I any would, other religion. I would, n- I would not say that. Okay. Um, no? Because based on, well, at least for that particular example, um, you know, the platelet is not like your your standard blood transfusion. And I guess somebody somewhere has done the, the research, you know, maybe up at headquarters in New York um, to decide that that's, that's okay, you know. That yeah. is not like a full blood transfusion. Yeah, I'm and just as thinking. I said, it's still a, a matter of conscience, but I will agree with you that they, excuse me, they do translate the Bible very literally. Yeah, because a platelet uh, is a, is nothing but a derivative, or a uh, I don't know. It's a it's a component of what makes up our human blood. So mm-hmm. it's not all that far removed from that literal translation, unless a little bit of personal and individualism is allowed in that translation of the scripture. Um, so I guess, I guess here in, is where we get into the crux of, of my issue uh-huh. uh, with religion. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want this to be like a, uh, a bashing. No, session. no, no. Um, not and it took me to, and it, and it's not that we're just kind of speaking to what some of these yeah, beliefs yeah, are. Right, and, yeah. and some folks don't know, um, especially a lot of us uh, don't you know, know right now with voting, <clears throat> voting season, a lot of folks don't realize that the Jehovah's Witnesses don't vote. Um, <gasps> and, and I'm <laughs> one of those Jehovah's Witnesses. No don't idea. Vote? Get the no, fuck out no, of here. They, but what are you doing about it, girl? Um, what are you doing I with that really, by that inner turmoil right now? Because, you know, it, you, you guys have a moral code, right? There's a, obviously there's, or not you guys, because you, you left Jehovah's Witnesses, but Jehovah's Witnesses right. have a moral code, but yet they don't vote to keep the moral code into their community. What is, how do you balance well, that? So it's um, the reasoning behind that, um, again, um, going back to the scripture, is... And and you you knew somebody growing up, so you may have seen yeah. this. But it's it's taking that neutral stance, right? So uh, Jesus said, "Be no part of the world, um, as I am no part of the world." So that that's very literal um, in the sense that it's taken. Uh, he said, "Pay Caesar's things back to Caesar, but God thinks God's things to God." Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm speaking a New World Translation, which is exclusively right. what the witnesses use. Um, but you know what scriptures I'm talking about. I do. I know exactly yeah, so, what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Um, so, you know, 
you follow the law, you pay your taxes, you, you do um, what you need to do to be a, a upright person in society. Um, right. Beyond that, there's nothing that you need to give, right? Man's not going to solve problems. Right. Um, so we take a neutral stance. We're not voting for one side or the other. Right. Uh, actually, my, my mother said to me just a couple days ago, um, like, I voted for my president 40-something years ago. And I was like, just, okay, mom. Mm. Um, oh. And <laughs> right. uh, you, you, you don't do that because eventually – God's going to solve the world's problems, right? right. So I understand, yeah. there's no sense in voting. And and Tiffy's over here like twitching. I I'm am. Like, I can see you. Your face. Like that. I'm it like, what? No goddamn sense. With <laughs> <laughs> my um, atheist ass self, but I I get, I get it. I, I I voted the last two elections. Um, my parents don't know that. And I oh, remember the first shit. time I went, I was just like. I'm Holy doing crap, something naughty here. Really weird. It's exactly how it felt because yeah. it was so ingrained in me that you you don't do this. I remember and, uh, when I was so in I the sixth grade, Obama's we had this second election. Yeah, when I was in the sixth grade, we had this um, this fake debate or whatever, and this was when Clinton was going against H.W. Uh, Bush. Right, so we had to have this mock debate in class, and I remember I grew up. I grew up with very Republican parents, but I, I agreed with Clinton when I was in sixth grade. So I chose to debate on Clinton's side and I was terrified to come home to tell my parents that I had chosen. Wow, really? I was terrified. Oh, so I kept it quiet. I didn't tell them that. I didn't tell them, but it was like my, one of my proudest moments because I debated really well for a sixth grader, you know, and I did my research before Google, you know, uh-huh. you know, all those encyclopedias, yeah. remember Encyclopedia Britannica when yeah. I went to the library. I did all my shows. I was really proud, but I was too terrified to tell my parents how, how smart I was or how talented I was because it went against their beliefs. So I can't even imagine right. what you went through there. Yeah, so here's a question, Lauren. What 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 did you go through? How was it when you walked away from being a Jehovah's Witness? How did your family and other members, uh, other Jehovah's Witnesses, how did they handle that? Yeah. It's still not accepted, and yeah. it, it never will be. Well, how are big you, of a rift? How big of a rift has that you put shunned? between you and your family? I remember my my the the dude that I grew up next to, Jeff. Is his name? Fuck him. His name is Jeff. So Jeff, <laughs> um, Jeff was shunned by the community. They wouldn't talk to him. Wouldn't help him. Uh, there was some like. It felt like there were some court trials that he had to go to with the elders or some shit like that. It was like really bonkers. <laughs> so, um, so I know what that is. Okay. Um, so I'll 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 try and answer uh, both questions together here. Um, so the rift is not um, as big as it could be. Um, okay. Yeah. There were um, there were times where I was not allowed home. And uh, one of my parents and I were not speaking because I worked for the military. Um, uh, and yeah. uh, right. that is, is not um, supported because, you know, they're turn your swords into plowshares. No Can I cut you off there, too? Because what, what I also remember from Jeff, from the boy next door, the Jehovah's Witness next door, was that um, 
I knew him since I was nine, and I remembered him telling me since we were kids, I'm not going to college. There's no point in in extra education after high school, after the the obligatory education that we get here. You can't go for further education. But how do you square that with being a fucking engineer lady with your smart ass self? I mean, <laughs> how do, how does okay. that go? Oh, we're we're getting we're getting but, far but, into it. Real, but, but <laughs> it's can, too early for this can shit. You, can, you, can you can you speak out a little bit more about the whole about mm-hmm. the potential rift and and oh, again yeah, and how 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 that's been dealt with? Um, s- sure. So I I want to I want to get to all these questions because they're they're all important. <laughs> points. Um, so the the rift is forever there. Um, the the relationship with um one of my parents is is shaky for more reasons than this um but that's a contributing factor um there like as i said there were times where like i could not go home we were not speaking um because i i wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong i just got a job that i felt okay with yeah. um but was not accepted um, right it went against the teachings uh, by my family yeah. yes um my um you know we we do all associate with each other and i've been fortunate there to not be um shunned by my family doesn't mean that you don't hear about it every so often, like, oh, you've let the devil into your heart and blah, blah, blah. Do they, do they actually are, say are, that? Do they actually use um, that terminology? Yeah, yeah, that's been said. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, <coughs> excuse me. And, oh, and, boy. And, and, Corona. Sorry, John's got a case of the Corona. Oh, my gosh. Choking on his coffee there. That's my coffee that went down the wrong way. I'm so sorry. You're supposed to drink and not breathe it, my brother. Good Lord. (laughs) Put that away. Put that away. Um, So there there are always things that um, are going to cause issue. Um, One of my cousins got married a a few years ago, and um, she married outside of the religion and ultimately didn't have a wedding because there was just so much drama over it because people didn't want to go or like have anything to to do with it. Like they were happy she was getting married and her husband's been welcomed into the family, but like doing the celebration part of it, everybody was just like, no. And, and I've committed to never having a wedding because I'm pretty sure that I won't have my parents there. Um, and I, I just don't want to deal well, with it. I, so, I, I gotta be honest with yeah. the, the wedding thing is this, it's, it's a waste of fucking money. You are paying other people <laughs> to come party with you because of your love. I, I, I am committed to not having, I, I am committed to a man, you know, my, yes. my man, Andrew, but I, we are not ever going to have a fucking wedding. Why am I going to pay other people to come party? Because I love this man. Fuck you. You come and pay some money and come to Cancun with us. And I'll, we're say this, I'll say this. I'll say this. Snoopy and I, had two weddings, one here in Norway and one back back home in Ohio. But listen to this, the total cost for both weddings combined, I'm going to estimate that it was well under $4,000. 
Whose ass Good did you have to for lick? Both, for both. No, it's a, it's a, Snoop, Snoopy planned the one that we had here in Norway. And uh-huh. you, know, you know her. I know I mean, Snoopy. She's she frugal is, as fuck. I love her. She's very frugal. I mean, if you look at a Norwegian peasant back in around the year 1200 AD. She's still burying her she, fish. That's how she lives. She took me out a couple weeks ago <laughs> to go pluck blueberries from the goddamn forest like a goddamn caveman. You know what I mean? So that's, they so that's come in the grocery store in a package at 20 kroner. It took me like five seconds to go over there but she wants to take me up in this goddamn mountain climbing up with this shit with all this equipment and it was lovely i had a great time and then, <laughs> and, then so, and, and then the wedding in uh in the states it was kind of dually planned by snoop and my sister and my mm-hmm. sister is I, I say snoop is frugal but my sister is is cheap as hell so that <laughs> that combination kept the price down so so i would say i would say less well under four thousand dollars for both weddings combined fuck this man well you you can do it and uh and and so one other thing about me um i plan weddings i am ah. a certified wedding planner oh, i didn't know that it was new news to bridal me. consultants and uh, I am yes. working on starting my uh, my own business here in Orlando um, to cater to uh, just themed, non-traditional nerd weddings. So, so, so like to, Star Trek wedding. If I wanted a Star Trek wedding, you can make that happen. You get the uniforms and shit, or what? Yes, girl. Yes. I tell you what, I tell you what, there's a market for that because not there's a huge market for that. Not everybody wants the fancy traditional wedding. People are like, like we were talking about religion. People are leaving religion in droves, but they still want the traditional ceremonies. They still want to to have the wedding, but they want it human. What is it called? A human tag? Human, human ethic. Humanistic. Humanistic, right? So it's without religion and they still want to do that. You can plan that, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I, I want to do is to um, to keep the the religion out of it and put the fun into it and make oh. it make it you like your wedding's supposed to be about you. Right. And and I've planned enough weddings um, for friends. And then officially when I worked for a wedding planner, when I lived in North Carolina, um, I love doing that for people. Mm-hmm. I love making that vision come true for you at the end of the day. I appreciate it is a that. lot of work. Well, it's, oh, absolutely. it's yeah. the well, big day, right? Sure. So it's got to be a lot of work and everything's got to be perfect. And I imagine that you get some bridezillas up in there <laughs> that got to have everything right. But just to let you know, Lauren, because I know that you're uh, based out of Orlando in Florida and you know yes. I'm a fellow Floridian. I'm a fellow Florida yes. girl. And I'm based not too far from you. And I am a certified minister with my atheist ass. Did you know that? I did not know I that. am actually a certain, this is why I'm an atheist, because I had to read so much of the Bible, and I'm like, this is some horse shit. But I passed the test, and I'm actually an ordained minister, so if you need me, if I'm in Florida, and we need to marry some gay couple with, uh, you know, whatever, you know, whatever issue that the churches don't let these people in, you know, gay couple, <laughs> and that that's pregnant before marriage or whatever, we will marry these people in Star Trek fashion. I mean, yes. whatever. Mork and Mindy, I'm down with it. You know, let's <laughs> do this. I, uh, shut up. You know, that show was lovely. <laughs> Here's a question for you, Lauren. This is also for you, uh, Tiffy, if, you, if you'd like we, to chip we in. We deviate 
so far. So far, off. this is how the podcast goes. But, but I want to pull it back towards the religion for one. Maybe yeah. maybe, maybe okay. the final question on it. But I I, I just have this thought well, in my there's head. There's definitely one that I wanted to answer. Sure, sure. Go ahead, and then I'll ask my please. question. Okay, you sure? Yeah. I'm positive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So there was one. Um. Not not so much a question, but um. Uh, Tiffy had brought up uh. uh court trials and right. I'm doing air quotes again. Yes. Um, and so that, um, that is a huge personal sticking point with me. Um, and I'm going to explain oh, please do. what that is. Um, so, um, so there are two forms of punishment, um, for things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, the The first form is being reproved, and that can be public or private. Can, can, you, um, can you explain reproved? Um, it's um, basically an announcement will be made to the congregation saying so and so has been reproved, and that kind of lets everybody know that you've you've done something wrong. Sanctioned. Um, so you're put on blast, yeah. basically. So yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, it's public if it's felt that enough people know about it that you know something needs to be said for you know the retribution or well-being it's like a public sanctioning it is but what what would cause something like that that's ridiculous Um, i I will tell you thank you um (laughs) the the uh, uh and it can it can be private now if you're disfellowshipped um that is when whatever you're doing is is to a point where um you know, it's it's either repeated, um, you repentance is not seen, and you mm-hmm. might need some extended time to prove that. And when you are disfellowship, nobody is allowed to um, speak with or associate with you. Uh, so you a disfellowship is kind of like a shunning in the Amish like culture, an, like an excommunication. Excommunication. Yeah, that word excommunication. You can be brought back in um, because you can still attend uh, meetings and speak with the elders, but usually you're away up to some period of time, you know, like a year or so. Wow. And can do anything Fuck with me. you. That's some cold, cold-blooded bullshit. As, as you've proven yeah. um, that you are repentant and you can be allowed right. back into the situation. Um, I had a ex-best friend be disfellowshipped. I had an ex-boyfriend be disfellowshipped. Um, wow. And you actually will get in trouble for, for speaking to those people. Um, shunning, I don't like to use because there are some people that cut off contact with their their family members or their children. Like, I'm inactive. Um, I've, I'm not disfellowshipped or, like, officially removed right. from a congregation in any capacity. Um, you're, so if you're still registered. Not, yes. Yeah. Uh, so if somebody chooses not to speak to me, that is what I call shunning. And I do have a couple of friends that are, like, you know, if, if you're not going to be a part of this, like we cannot be friends with you and I, um, or you sound like an apostate, like, you know, and they've cut off contact with me. So, so Uh, a disfellowship is like an official, um, you know, disconnecting of, of the, the religion, but then a shunning is just like people being like snooty bitches and like, you're not doing the right thing that we think you need to do, (laughs) but you're still in the religion. That's how I refer to shunning. Yeah. That's not an official definition. This is mean girls bullshit. 
that's how I refer to that's it. That's mean um, girls. And uh, actually, they don't they don't use the term disfellowshipping anymore. It's called disassociation. Oh, um, <laughs> we can, talked um, about that last <laughs> disassociation. You can choose to disassociate yourself. Um, so somebody very famous that disassociated from Jeho- Jehovah's Witnesses was uh, Michael Jackson. So that whole family was Jehovah's Witnesses. A lot of people don't know that. You're, you're um, ruining my whole childhood. Why did you do that? Um, like, you're I'm an sorry. awful person. <laughs> well, there's so much that's came out from Michael Jackson since my childhood. I think this is the least of my worries, but let's be real. About the time he came out with Thriller, um, you know, he did, um, you know, a letter saying that uh, it didn't indicate a belief in the occult. You know, remember? Yeah. Uh, I think it was after that that he ended up disassociating oh, himself. Oh, girl, now I got to look so, this shit up. I'm going to go down a wiki hole. God damn you, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, actually, if you watch that uh, VH1 movie that they do on the, was it the Jacksons yes. and American Dream or yes. something? They do a scene in the Kingdom Hall. Oh, stop that shit. Now I'm going to look that up. Um, So, um, so when I was about 18, um, I started dating this guy in a sister congregation, went to the same kingdom hall and, and everybody told me, um, don't do it. Like he's Mm -hmm. just to stay away. Um, and me, you know, I go for the, uh, the different people, you you know, and, and, and it, you collect the broken toys. (laughs) <laughs> I do. I do. Um, trying to work on it. But, you know, I thought it was cool. You know me. I love my white boys. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and and if I had any kind of damn sense back then, I would have ran so far away and listened to all my friends. And if I had married him, he'd be dead in the backyard somewhere. Word, honey. Um, but at the time, you know, I was 18 and dumb and uh, never really had a boyfriend because I wasn't allowed to have those. Right. right. You know, I had one in secret in high school. Oh, I know how that, that goes. Was, that was a month of pure stupidity. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> month. Yeah. Those were long relationships back then. <laughs> so, um, so me and this guy, we date for about two months and I've never, I've never kissed a boy much less done anything else. So, you know, that was my first kiss. It was the first few other things. Never had sex. Um, you know, just do what you do. You make out a few right. times yeah. and, yeah. and uh, you know, have some fun just yeah. being together. And then he broke up with me and went back to his ex. Um, over, over AIM. Over uh, AIM. AIM, girl, we are going back. <laughs> Let's not age ourselves back to the 1900s, girl. <laughs> <laughs> that is how, he, that is how he, he proposed to me over AIM because he wanted me to marry him and he broke up with me over Wait, AIM. what is AIM? I'm lost. What is A- that? American, what was that? AOL? You don't remember AOL, AOL online? Instant oh, yeah, Messenger? AOL. Shut the front door. I don't know what AIM is. AOL. A- AIM was like the first, it was like the first uh, Facebook Messenger back in the 1900s, I never dude. Saw that. You got to go back to where we, we had you like. What? AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. Okay. I don't AIM. think I ever. I remember. I, I remember AIM. It came right before MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm I'm like devastated, and then I um, I uh, I start feeling guilty, like, oh, you know, we should tell the elders about this stuff, and um, and uh, hurry up. Tiffy, I'm totally going to call you out. Let's just call her out. <laughs> Tiffy's going to pee, everybody. <laughs> no, go, ahead. Like, yeah, go ahead. I, like, I, want, I want Tiffy to hear this story. So, um, 
so I, I, because that's, let's kind of, um, that's how you're indoctrinated, right? You know, yeah. you're made to feel kind of guilty about some of these things like guilt you know, is, you guilt should... is, yeah. Guilt is unfortunately a big motivator in, in certain uh, aspects of religion, regardless of yes. denomination. Unfortunately, yes. that's the way it is. Guilt and, and, and shame and yes. whatever. Else. Yes. So, you know, here's 18 year old me like, Oh, like uh, I made out a few times with my boyfriend. Like we, we met up randomly a couple of times. Like, you know, we should, we should tell our elders and, and get counseling and, and, and get it together. And he was just like, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. And he was very insistent that we weren't going to say anything. And uh-huh. I was too scared to do it myself. Um, so I, I didn't. Um, and at that point, um, like I was feeling so guilty that I was like, all right, let me, put any effort to try and get myself together because going back a little about 13 years old is when I first figured out that this was not working for me. Like something was just not right. Um, and my, my parents caught on to that. Um, and even at that time, I'm like, well, it's right. I just don't want to do it. Cause that's okay. how ingrained in my head. It was like, it didn't occur to me to think that it was wrong. It just felt wrong for me. I see. Okay. And, um, yeah. and so that was an unpleasant conversation at 13 years old. I can um, imagine. You know, like not happy. Yeah. So here I am a few years later, um, you know, I got baptized when I was 16 and then clearly like I'm making out with my boyfriend. So like, mm-hmm. I obviously need to get my shit together. So like, I was just like all out in the service and I like, I was just doing all kinds of stuff and, and just trying to focus on my life. And meanwhile, this boy, um, you know, which just leads into my, my bad choices overall, you know, he's still trying to be friends with me, but you know, that's a podcast for another day, right? <laughs> you know, the, the, the people we date and get into our lives. Um, cause he just realized that was the only friend he had. Well, about a year later, he messages me cause we still talked right. and he's like, we need to, we need to talk to the elders about what we did. I'm like, why it's been a year at this point like why would we go and tell them and he's just um i don't know he just gave me all these excuses and and things going on and wanting to have a clean slate and Mm. as he's talking to me i said did you already tell oh oh shit um, and he's like, yeah, I didn't want you to talk me out of it. And I said, I wanted to do this a year ago and um. you talked me out of it. And, um, so I was still too scared at that point to say anything to my parents, even though I knew okay. it was coming. Like yeah. I wanted to tell them, but how do you tell your parents? That? Ah, it's right. a terrible situation. Right. Nobody's yeah. business, right? Terrible situation um, to be in. So he told his elders and about three weeks later, now, mind you, I'm, I'm 19 years old at this point, not a grown up, but grown. And he was and, old? Um, he was five years older than me. So 23 when Wait, we dated, 24 when this happened. Both adults, yeah. um, so he tells his elders about three weeks later, his elders tell my elders and the presiding overseer <sighs> in a congregation tells my father. Oh dear. Um, and we had just gotten to the kingdom hall and then we left and didn't understand what was happening. So had to explain to my parents um, why I was uh, having um, 
the accusation of a loose conduct um, against me. And um, when when you have something like that, they form what's called a judicial committee, which is just elders in the congregation. That's the court I was talking about, right? Yeah, it's not a court, but it's it's, fucking court. Elders (laughs) in your congregation, right? And um, (laughs) and I had to. Uh, not only tell my parents, but sit in front of three old men and have um, explicit details asked about what Holy I did. Holy shit. And See, this is to this is too much. To and, and this is what I want to go into. But uh, with this religion and how like these court dates or whatever the fuck you want to call it, review or whatever the hell you want to call it. How does, how does that affect your mental state? Because we had a podcast last week because it was mental illness week and what mental illness awareness week. We're not trying to make everybody be mental ill, but, um, but it was mental illness awareness week. And I know that a lot of my mental illness came from my indoctrination as a child of my religion mm-hmm. and what I grew up in and stuff. And I know that you're, I mean, not necessarily apostate because like you said, you're still, you're still in registered in the, the religion. You're just not really fully practicing it, or whatever. Make me not an apostate. I don't practice it at all. Okay. <laughs> so you're still an apostate then. Um, I mean, technically in the church's eyes. Sure. Sure. <laughs> in reality we ask. know you are you are a sinner and you're yeah. going to hell like the rest of us but I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to take anybody out with me yeah that's, that's kind of what the apostate definition refers roger to. roger that roger that so but you're you're an apostate um but how has that <laughs> has that affected your your i mean mental ability because let's 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 do a hard segue over here from from religion to mental illness and how that affected you i'm not saying you're mentally ill but you know everybody's got their shit that was the whole topic of the discussion last week was everybody's got their shit how much baggage have you carried with you from the religious uh state of mind where you were into now your adulthood how do you square things up with how you're living versus uh, your religious life, how has that affected you to feel like you're going against your sky daddy or whatever? Uh, I don't know the Jehovah. I don't. I don't know. Everybody's got their sky daddy, Thor, Odin, whatever. But you're. you're, you're right, right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm offensive as fuck. Have you not listened to the show? Anyway, I know. I know. Religion fucked me up in in, in so many ways until I became an adult. I became an atheist at the ripe young age of. 30 you know I grew up with all this indoctrination kind of fought against it in my 20s because I'm like this doesn't make any fucking sense and then mm-hmm. eventually in my 30s I squared with it going okay that's all bullshit but technically you're still in the church so obviously you haven't told yourself this is all bullshit it's just uh, a lot of it doesn't square with me so but how does it affect you in your mental state as an adult now so so one point about that like that that isn't true as far as not being um, a part of it. I, I don't consider myself a part of it at all. I've just never felt the need to go write a formal letter to disassociate myself. Oh, so you have to like, you have to like officially sign out, like log out um, of the, either, of the I other would, religion. I would do it or either I would do it or 
like I would be brought to a committee again for them to decide that that's what needs to so happen. So you can't just like walk um, walk past the building of the Jehovah's Witness headquarters and just drop your pants and moon them and tell them to go fuck off. You have to actually go through a step-by-step if, process. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So it's not a right so to I work just, state. I just, <laughs> I just stopped going. Okay. Um, and so there are a lot of people that are, and so that's what inactive means is that you just, you just don't go. And, and I have no intention of going back. Inactive um, sounds like a Manchurian so, candidate kind of thing. Like you weren't <laughs> plugged in or something like this, this, this droid is inactive. <laughs> but, but, but um, so the event I'm speaking to is, mm-hmm. is, um, this, the beginning of the end there. Um, so I had to do this committee. Um, of course, like there was all manner of hell going on in my house. Like my, my brother was 18 at that point. Um, so I had to, I had to tell these men like all these explicit details of how I made out with my boyfriend and fornicated, um, around. And I I was, um, I was publicly reproved. So announced to the congregation that I had been reproved. Um, my brother had gotten reproved like the year before, and um, and it's not fun because everybody assumes they know what you did too. Right, so of course, like right. everybody thinks that you know, oh, you've been out having sex, and I'm like, no, I just like we just made out in a car a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, like you know, it's not yeah. even that serious, and it's nobody's business. Yeah. And so with all of that affecting the household, um, I I knew that I had issues with depression, um, probably at about sixteen, um, but. You know, I'm I'm younger than you guys, but we're still coming out of that generation <laughs> where you don't talk about that, right? Yeah. Or if you bring that yeah. up, it's like, oh, it's funny. Like we just need to beat that out of you. It's no big deal. Yeah. So I had I had kept trying to tell my mom, like, mom, I think I have a problem. You know, like yeah. I, I I kept doing all these online tests. I'm like, I really think I need to see somebody. Um, and and we just just didn't do anything um because is it is it true that jehovah's witnesses don't believe in the psychologist as well or is that just the scientologist it was not advised it was not advised to talk to somebody you talked to the elders Elders. yeah okay okay um and and so that's why i like didn't bring it up with a lot of people so when when all this happened and um i got reproved so you get like your privileges taken away like you can't comment and do certain things Mm. and and then you meet back up with the elders again. And um, uh, I said to them, I really don't feel like I'm in a good place. And they said, you know, don't beat yourself up. You'll be fine. And it was so much less about me um, and more about other things with the family. And that was the moment that I shut down because I was trying to tell people something and it was just like, you'll be okay. And for the next year I woke up every day, like, how do I die? Like, how do I do this? Nobody was taking you serious at all. No one. Nobody really knew those were the thoughts in my head. Um, My parents of course could see, cause I still lived at home could see Mm. that like, I was out of my head. Like you were shut in. I would, yeah. I would just stay in my room. I wouldn't speak right. to anybody. I couldn't go out with my friends. Um, my, my grades in college. So I did go to college, which yeah. back to a point you brought up earlier. Yeah. I got all manner of shit for that because yeah. you, you didn't do that. Like you 
got enough education to support your family and be in the ministry. So when I went to college for engineering of all things, right? Like, no, yeah. Yeah. you, uh, you must like <clears throat> math and science. Well, are you going to go live there? I'm like, no, I'll be at home. Well, good. You don't need to be around those people. Wow. But like, I couldn't, I couldn't actively advertise that, you right. know, that I was I going see. to college. I see. Um, which not everybody agrees with. My father doesn't agree with that, which, mm. you know, I appreciate. Um, and, um, you know, helped me get through my education. Um, so, you know, there was, there was that when I was like 18 right. and I, I graduated high school, top 5% of my class. Obviously girl. <laughs> my first three years of college, I was barely making C's. Oh, me too. Um, but I was, so, mine was because of the al- 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 alcohol, you know, mine was an <laughs> issue. Mine was different. <laughs> I was, I was so out of it. I was so burned out. And just that year from like 19 to 20, I just receded more and more into myself. Like I had come out of my shell. I had this boyfriend, I had this best friend. And then I didn't really have either of those. Um, I couldn't have the friends out outside no. of a, of um the the religion um i remember like my 19th and 20th birthdays i think i was just like alone in my room Mm. like just hanging out and um it finally got to a point um it was so bad like i would i would drive down this road and i would drive down it recklessly um like maybe it'll look like an accident you know oh a girl i've been there i just i just didn't want to be here and um didn't have the courage to do it myself. I think like I would look at all the ways to do it, but never actually. Right. Um, Because, well, let's be real though. The the realism is, is that you still had hope. That's why you didn't find the the reason or the way or the method or the manner and stuff. I mean, let's be real. Suicide is a crazy fucking thing. And Mm -hmm. I know I've had those thoughts too, but for me, those were intrusional thoughts. They weren't things that I actually wanted to do. It was a thought that just came passing. Like, what if I just stepped out in front of this bus thing? I feel you on that. But, but so, but now you're talking about that. You're talking about that. But I do have to wonder, is that what? got you into the poetry realm of why you went from from this pain from this childhood pain that grew up into a adolescent pain that grew up into young adulthood pain is that why you went into poetry what made you go into poetry because i know that art you know you and me i'm, I'm bringing you on as a, another loyal oak artist i think it's amazing mm-hmm. what you do the the writing absolutely. that you have absolutely and it, i feel the pain that's another reason why i kind of connected with you because you 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 have these pain points that you like to push in your in your artistry in your in your poetry and it comes from somewhere so i was wondering if 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 you know not just jehovah's witness thing it was just an interesting part of your past but you know there's a lot of things that build up a person and a build up an artist mm-hmm. in their lifetime and i'm wondering if that has any kind of uh point to some of your art because i know you're also you you wrote a book ma'am you wrote a book uh, tell us about this book because I just ordered it, but I haven't gotten it yet because the post office is like so goddamn slow. But tell us, tell us about this book of, of what you've written. So, um, Tiffy, Tiffy's got me on like three different questions here. I know. Um, I go everywhere. <laughs> uh, so the book is called, um, sunshine and whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I'm a whiskey drinker. Words. Usually, what I have here. At what's home. your favorite? What's your favorite? Give it, give it, give it to us. Um, oh, that is way too hard. Um, all of them. 
I um yes. Um, <laughs> I I I started with Jack and then I went to Crown and then I went to Ireland and Scotland and oh, I Scotland, just like, never went back. So I I I drink Jameson normally like I'm <gasps> partial to Irish. You bougie um, bitch. Okay. My, um, <laughs> my, my favorite Irish whiskey is a uh, is Napug. Um but it's too expensive for me to be drinking that shit all the time. Word. So I just yeah. get Jameson or Tullamore. Mm-hmm. Scotch if I'm feeling fancy. Mm-hmm. Uh Bourbon is reserved for old fashions. Right. Um, I just make that toilet hooch. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm broke, man. Just a little bit of bread she, and some fruit. Passed. You're fine. All right. When you, you you get here, we'll we'll do something. And my uh, my favorite color is yellow. So that's Me where too, the title bitch, of the book comes from. Um, but sunshine, so, sunshine and whiskey is that a collection of poems? It is a collection. Okay. Um, and uh, I started writing oh my god maybe middle school elementary school it was um it was always an outlet um so i don't know where it came from necessarily i just knew that i i always wrote things it was just a a method of catharsis it's what i did yeah and um in middle school we used to have um well, and, and where I grew up, we used to have write a book where, where they had the challenge the students to write something yeah. um, in some genre. And I tried nonfiction one year. That just was not my thing. And um, in middle school, I wrote a poetry collection. And me and another friend who were actually still connected together on Facebook, we both won first prize in the, in the poetry category cool. in, in middle school. And so that's the earliest that I can remember that I had a collection of poetry. Like I just gathered these random things mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. around my bedroom. And of course, you know, as um, I got older, I would say in middle school, I, I probably wrote more visually. But even then, um, the the judge said that I wrote with like a lot of clarity, you know, right. that you could put yourself You can there. visualize it. Yeah. When you mm-hmm. read um, it. But, you know, my my high school poetry is a lot darker um <laughs> as teenage years are absolutely i went through my goth phase too girl mm, lots um, of eyeliner i get it <laughs> so and, uh, much eyeliner <laughs> oh my god yeah and that's that's when we were all like blogging our entire lives on myspace too where yeah you were just, like, on myspace like oh my god everything's horrible everything's horrible. Um, <laughs> so um and so the book um the book, if you look at it, you'll see it's divided into into five parts. Mm. Um, so the first part of the book is called Summer. Um, Summer is my nickname. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents were going to name me that. Um, but uh, being black in America, you know, she never wanted us to have a name that people might use to um, have predisposed opinions about us so i'm, I'm white and, and which is which is weird now because summer is actually a fairly, fairly yeah. common yeah. name yeah. um was it not and, common uh, when you were born back in the 1900s um 1980s, <laughs> 1980s uh, me too. I, still, I still get mad at her i'm like oh mom why didn't you just pick summer um because what they went with was lauren which um 1986 uh um Peggy Sue Burke popularized the stage name Lauren Bacall. Oh, yes. And so everybody was naming their daughters Lauren. In the- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my entire family calls me Summer. 
There Uh, is not anybody that I grew up with that calls me Lauren. And if they do, because that's the name that I use now all the time. And I'm like, I'm like, what the hell did you just call me? (laughs) What's wrong with you? The first part of the book is my early stuff because I didn't really use Lauren until I was maybe 23 or so. And I moved out of Maryland. And so those are like my early poetry and in that chapter, you can see like I'm growing up. I'm just I'm just trying to figure it out, you know. Right. And then the second part of the book is called Lauren. Like I'm an adult now. Mm. I've moved out of my home. I'm kind of out in the world. Um, I've abandoned religion. I have no idea what I think about life. I have all these things in my head that are there because they're supposed to be there and I'm trying to get them out because I don't actually know what I think and I don't have the space in my head to figure that out. It feels like it's the book feels like it's a journey of growth as a human as a as a human as as a Lauren human or a summer human. And that's what I intended. It's it's an Um, individual uh, experience of growth and and we grow with you through the book and I think it's it's interesting. And that's what I wanted, which is why it's gigantic. Um, it's about <laughs> 400 and something pages. Oh, wow. Because I, I huh. didn't feel like I could cut out any poem because if I did, it wouldn't be that story. That's a lot and of writing. <laughs> I never, well, it's about 20 years worth. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, so there's kind of, you know, this uh, initial um, 20 is when I finally you know, I I had that shutdown period that I mentioned earlier. And, um, my mom was finally like, what can I do? Because there was, I wouldn't talk to anybody but her, like there was a problem and, and we could see it. And so 20 is when I actually started doing therapy for my depression and, and they always throw everything else in there, like anxiety and ADD, but like the, the, the depression was the primary focus. That's how I always got it out. Um, I, I would write, um, I had journals everywhere. Um, of course, you know, people don't respect privacy and they would read them. Fuck so, yeah, you know, girl. <laughs> fuck yeah. I grew diaries. up with two brothers. So fuck these people. But I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta ask you what your, your inspiration was to write it down because I grew up the same way you did. Nobody respected my goddamn privacy. I grew up in a trailer park, you know, the, the room quarters were, were short and you can find my diary anywhere. Nobody respected my privacy. So I stopped writing my feelings and I just swallowed them in a real healthy way oh, wow. and put them real deep down. What inspired you? And that was sarcastic, by the way. <laughs> I swallowed them until, until now I need medication. But what did you do or what was your inspiration to start writing it down versus swallowing them like I did and becoming a crazy person? Um, I don't. I don't know that writing it down is necessarily not swallowing it because I still became a crazy person. Oh, girl, um, preach it. <laughs> and, uh, but I, and I, I don't know. I yeah. just always did that. So and, it was just, it was just still, ingrained who you are because I know John is, is wanting to write a book as well. I'm going to help him with writing that book. Mm-hmm. Um, but John's got to tell me the stories because John can't i mean as we're doing it uh john mm-hmm. does not write the stories down for me he has to record it with his voice because he's not a a writer but yeah. you on the other hand are a writer you can write your feelings down john has to speak it with his buttery delicious See, I voice can, <laughs> i can write i write in the sense that i write music i'm a songwriter and lyricist mm-hmm. that that i can do but to actually give a 
a, a story form to my to my life experiences for this book. For some reason, I can't write that down. It's the process it stops, yeah. but I can sit in front of a microphone alone here in my studio and send that to Tiffy, who then can. Transcribe it and all that good stuff. So I think we're all just different. I think we're all just different in that aspect because I know that that writing process, uh, for example, with my music, with my lyrics, that is straight up therapy for me. I get a very tangible and immediate feeling of release of a lightening of the load when I do that. And I think that if I didn't do that, I'd be a lot worse off than I am. Um, but it's just strange that I'm able to do that with my music, with my lyrics, but I can't do that when it comes to telling my story for the book I want to write. It's just a weird separation right there. I don't quite understand it, but. And, and so um, maybe, and this is me randomly speculating out of my ass. Um, (laughs) as we do, (laughs) (laughs) writing your story might not be therapy for you. I mean, music is therapy for you. The the lyrics are therapy for you. But the story, um, while it's something that you want to do or feel like you need to do, might not be as cathartic. Um, you haven't found that voice yet you know. that needs to be spoken in to tell that truth. I think Lauren makes an excellent point. That's a I, great mean, point. I mean, not that I'm going to, John, not that I'm going to. Because she just brought this up, and I'm not bashing your your book idea. Because no, no, you you've no. got a book there, but like Lauren says, I just kind of put a light bulb over my head. If you if you can't write it yourself and let the feeling flow through you, like the feeling flows through you with your music, or the feeling flows through you with your comedy, whatever comes more natural. Because with Lauren, hers is writing. With me, mine's painting. I paint out my frustrations. I yeah. just paint out my anger. I paint it all out and I put it all on the canvas. And you with your delicious buttery cream <laughs> voice right lauren i was telling you he's got a voice like butter like oh, butter thank you yeah <laughs> but and then but, he gets on a podcast with your loud ass i know right <laughs> mix. I'm is like, this a good mix or what <laughs> <laughs> let me put the microphone out no fuck y'all you're the audience you you knew what you were coming into tibby tuesday has been a thing for some months you know what you was walking into motherfuckers coming up and on this show <laughs> Okay, so, but anyway, but Lauren's got an excellent point. Like she maybe, does. maybe the the writing is for it's for me though. I'm I'm all about writing, but I'm not like Lauren. Lauren is an artist with her words. She gets the feelings out. Me, yeah. I just get the factual bullshit out. You yeah, know? yeah. So we're all and different. So it, it's so funny that um, that you call me an artist, and that's something that I. I'm struggling with. Um, well, with suck it up, bitch, because now you are. You're a loyal oak artist. You're part of the community. So I, welcome and, to and our so, tribe. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've always written. And then I, you know, I've gone back when I was doing the book. I went back to some of my older poems and I was like, oh, right. Oh <laughs> um, like I need to, but they're still in there. They are still in the first two sections of that book. I just had to like pare them down yes. um, and not make them so wordy, which a good way to train yourself to uh, uh, be uh, brief mm-hmm. is uh, a 130 character count. on. Twitter. Oh, fuck me, Twitter. Um, mm. But yeah. I never I never shared my poetry. And so that's why um, when you say you kind of swallowed yours, um, I, I did too. I wrote it, but nobody ever saw it. No. Um, 
occasionally my mother might see it. Occasionally my dad might see it. Occasionally I might Was it willingly or did they fucking come in and bust in and read it? Okay. So you offered it to them to read? Yes. Okay. The poetry. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like how you separated that. (laughs) uh, And so it's, um, I always kept it to myself. And um, people knew that I wrote, you know, I did the poetry contest. I did another contest in high school that I won and and read for. Um, I worked on a literary magazine in high school. And um, when my grandmother died um, in uh, 2011, um, my aunt actually asked me to write a poem for the funeral. So Uh both my father and I wrote poems for her. That's beautiful. And, um, And so... You know, my mom would always say, you guys should publish. Like, she's told me and my dad that for years. Like, you guys should publish. And it's just like, oh, why? Why do that? And my, my aunt would say the same thing. And so, um, you know, going through this struggle with uh, my depression and trying to figure out who I am. And, and me, like, I would get up and just leave. I would I would, <laughs> I would go, just go do something else. Um, so I went from Maryland, I moved to North Carolina for three and a half years, and I moved to Orlando for two years, and I moved back to North Carolina, and then I was like, oh my God, what have I done? And then I moved back to Florida. Girl, And, yes. <laughs> and I'm staying here. I'm staying here. I bought a house. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I've had a couple mental breakdowns. Like, I've, I've spent time mm-hmm. in a psych ward. So mm-hmm. um, well, the first time I did was in, um, oh my God. I don't know what year it was, but I was in, um, I was in North Carolina Mm -hmm. and my therapist was just kind of like on the fence, like, "Mm, I want you to go. But then I went there and the crazy thing is I was so worried about my homework. This was, it was 2013, 2014, because I had started my master's degree. I was so worried about missing class that I talked to the doctor. I was like, you gotta let me out of here, man. (laughs) I've been there. He's like, he's like, you know what? You're fine. Go home. So, but, yeah. but, but was this, was this a voluntary, was this a voluntary or was it a baker or was it where you were, f- in other words, she said, I want you to go. And I drove myself. Okay. So you decided uh, you it was were a good free idea to leave. You were free to leave at any time you wanted. Right. No, uh-huh. no, I still had <laughs> okay. to get released from the doctor right. to okay. be able to leave once I checked myself. Right. In. So then like legally was it was like, an involuntary admission. I guess so. Okay. I yeah. guess so. But yeah. I drove myself. Right. All right. They, they didn't put you in a suit or anything like that. No, and like no, no. drag like you I, in by your hair. Didn't, she didn't feel the need to like, she's like, will you go for me? And I was like, all right, fine. You know, yeah. Go. Gotcha. Um, now, two years ago, two and a half mm-hmm. years ago, um, various, various things. I'm back in Florida. Um, I'm having some job issues. Um, I've dated a couple ass hats. Weird. Um, I'm, shutting down, Mm -hmm. um, not feeling anything. My mom and my aunt came to visit me and it was just like, Oh my God. Um, and I hate that. I hate that. Um, but I'm sorry, you hate what, what, what is it you, I hate, I hate feeling that way. Like I don't want people there. Right. I love my mom. I love my aunt, but it's also like, you need some alone time. Please. Yeah. Yeah. You need some time to breathe. Yeah. And my, um, my best friend had come to visit me earlier that year. And I remember, and I told him this later, I'm like, dude, I saw you at the airport and he grabs me in this big old hug and I'm just like looking at him because I felt nothing right. and yeah. feel anything. Yeah. No. And, um, and so later 
I end up saying to my therapist, like, I need to do something like we need to do an outpatient program. I need to check myself in somewhere. Um, she helped me research this place in, in winter park, mm, um, right. you know, where that is Tiffy. Yeah. And, and so that I voluntarily did a, a six week outpatient program. And while I was there, um, I, I was like, I really need to get back to writing regularly. Cause what would happen is I would write and then I wouldn't write anything for like a year. Right. right, right. That's how that's artist like work. Yeah, girl. Come out and then I wouldn't do anything. And I said, I am going to start writing again. Um, so that's when I started my first blog. Well, is this, is this and how the, the book started? We, we got an, uh, how did yes, the book start? Yes. This is, this is all like, part of that so um so that's when I started blogging and really challenging myself to write every day and um using random inspiration like the Merriam-Webster dictionary word of the day or song lyrics I got me an app for that Mm, and I I I wrote every day for um probably a good year and then how many readers or or followers did you get during that time was it significant um, like on the blog, it was only like maybe a hundred, but okay. on Twitter I had, you know, when you're on first on Twitter and you're just sitting at those 30 followers, like yeah. cause nobody cared right about here. anything you have to say. <laughs> right here. Yeah. yeah we got to work on that. Um, <laughs> and so I linked the blog to Twitter, but it wouldn't actually post the poems. It would just post the links. So right. That sucks. Posting the poetry itself to Twitter. And I got, I have, a couple thousand followers now, but that's when I started connecting with people. That's how you snagged um, me, girl. It was your poetry yeah. on the Twitter. <laughs> I was like, I love I it. Got, she's, she's hitting the pain points. She, and she's I, hitting what I, I had, feel. I had people contact me to join like rooms and do prompts. And so like, I've had those challenges. So, you know, that whole time when I went into this, um, I checked myself into that and I was writing all these things and trying to get this emotion back is the whole third section of the book and it's the longest and then kind of coming out of that shell and learning to write erotic and into different topics you know that is like more the end of the book you know how do people journey how do people find this book where do we find it this this uh sunshine and whiskey i love the name i love the title of it I love it's the title. It's on Amazon. It's on it's Amazon, on so we Amazon. can find it, and we can we can find it like uh, Lauren White is is uh, your yes. name. You're the you're yes. the author of Sunshine and Whiskey, but you're putting out a second book, yeah. I am. I am. You're working on um, it, and what's the name so, of this second book, and <laughs> when can we expect it out? Um, the second book is called Innocently Devious, oh. and um, my editor Jeanette Spone, um, Polar Bear Editing. She actually used to live in Florida and lives in Maryland. She's from Titusville. Oh, like, she's from Tittyville. So I weird. love me some Tittyville. Yeah. <laughs> love so she started following me on Facebook because um, she loved my Star Trek uniform, and I started asking her a bunch of questions, and I was like. Hey, let's just do this. So now yeah. she's she's working on the second book for me. She's actually drafted the cover, um, which I am. If she's okay with it, I'm happy to to give to you guys. I did put a draft on my website. Right. So well, we're we're gonna actually link. Them. We're gonna link yes. to your book. We're gonna send link us, to your website. Send us all your send information. Us the links and I'll make sure it gets on the the posting of this episode. Because now you're an official. You know, officially, you're a loyal oak artist. And what loyal oak yeah. artists do is like you know, it's kind of like a union of 
of artists that don't pay any dues. <laughs> we're just trying <laughs> trying to lift each other up in, in what we're doing. We're all starving artists or people who are just starting out or people who are just finding our footing. And um, we want to uh, express your work on our, our, our page. We want people to to notice you and notice the the heart that you give because I think that's that's what you gave yes. to me whenever I found you on Twitter. Is me that, too. Yeah, there was a connection there. There was a, even if you're not an artist, the words that you use, the words that you post on Twitter, there it's, it's something for everybody. It's something yes. that is um, it touches to the deepest part of our souls. The ones, the words that we don't want to speak, you write them. Yeah, and I think I that's like important. That's the only way you should write. Um, I, I tell people I never write for shock value. No. You'll never see me write about flowers or landscapes. Like it's just you have to write your heart and what's in there. And, and I can tell that a lot of times, like real. your 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 Twitter posts, I don't know if they're necessarily old poems that you had from back in the day, but it definitely feels like it's you're just strong. writing it in the moment. You wrote it in the moment. Yeah, and yes. in the feeling that you had right at that fucking moment, you stayed in it long enough to get the words out. And then maybe you went down and took a nap. You know what I mean? It's like you put it all out on the table. I feel, <laughs> yeah, I feel a special bond with your poetry when I read it there on Twitter, because you seem to to be writing i mean to me it's obvious that you're writing from the heart from pain there's this, too. There's yeah. this uh hi snoopy <laughs> snoopy's coming with some water for me she's gonna stay <laughs> the best sh- way shyly shyly off camera <laughs> uh, but uh but uh, your your writing speaks to me because it's obviously from the heart um and i felt like a kindred spirit type of thing right. because I recognized my way of writing my lyrics in the same mm-hmm. way that you write your poetry. I can't put words on it, but it's that it's that organic in the moment <laughs> feeling in the moment down to yeah. everything. And uh, it spoke to me right away. It's when that sunshine and whiskey hits you. So when then Tiffy, you get all honest. So when <laughs> Tiffy, a lot of them, a lot of them come out of whiskey. Yes. Word. Yes. <laughs> so, so when Tiffy suggested that, that uh, we talk to you about coming into the loyal Oak artist thing, my, answer was of course <laughs> i mean it, it it just it just fits and the loyal oak artist concept is just like tiffy said it's 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 like an artist collective you know like-minded mm-hmm. artists even though we have different mediums you know mine, different genres yeah yeah different genres different mediums but but like-minded in the organicness of it yeah and getting your feelings out in whatever method you can because it's a crazy world right now and if we don't get yes. these fucking feelings out and lord i want to back up for the microphone if we don't get these fucking feelings out <laughs> we're gonna go crazy as fuck because you know at this point you know you get to the point where you don't you see somebody not wearing a mask you kind of yeah. want to punch them in the face but there's a part <laughs> yeah. of you that's like no you know don't do it it's not going to help anything but getting these well, feelings out of all of it of all this shit that's going on 2020 has been some throw, bullshit throw punching is something that you have to curb on a, on a regular throat punching <laughs> yeah well see yeah, that's why you know what I found out uh, Lauren with the throat punching now I found this out um, if you do it with your elbow Right. Don't throw yeah. a punch with your, your, your knuckles. You go with the elbow to the throat. <laughs> then you don't hurt your, your wrist because then that will fuck up your writing. Good point. See, I, I'm with you because it fuck up my painting. I don't, I don't hit with my knuckles because you can, you can bend that wrist and pop it. So if you threw like elbow to so, the throat. So what I would suggest um, for anybody, <laughs> and I, I, I tell people this um, all the time, um, I, I appreciate that my words resonate with people and, yes. um, you know, 
even people that have reached out to me on Twitter that don't know me, they just said, I feel like I can talk to you because right. your shit's real. It's real. You know? yeah. And like, can you, can you just walk me through this thing going on in my life? So like you said, I co- collect broken toys. It's not you on do. purpose. You do. <laughs> you collected me. But, but, but we got to talk about it, right? right. We got to sure. talk about it. Sure. And, and so what I tell people is, right. Um, you know, there's a friend I have who she's teeter tottering on the fence of divorce. And it's just like, I just don't know like how to do it. I'm like, write it down. Right. There you go. It, just write what's I have write I got it down draw a I got I got one that's uh my my Star Trek wedding life to do list. I mm-hmm. got another one that's just uh uh I, I, I don't I don't know. It's just like another journal. I got a journal at work, I got a journal in my nightstand by my bed. I I I, I just write. And, and that's how um, you get it out. And we we appreciate that's, we that's appreciate we appreciate the 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 way you get your emotions out in your work. And so that's one of the the reasons why I wanted to share this Tiffy Tuesday with you with another fellow loyal oak artist. I wanted people to to explore the mind of another broken toy like me, <laughs> and explore the mind of because there's different ways to get these these feelings out like John has his music and I have my painting and you have your writing and there's so many different ways to get out the craziness to keep your sanity at least on a on a even keel let's just say that I say it all the time I'm so lucky to have you know I have my music but I also have the podcast itself and I have uh, uh, stand up if I didn't have those three things, I think I would be, like I said, a lot worse off. Than, yeah, than I got I got yeah. neighborhood children to yell at and call little cunts. I mean, like <laughs> you you gotta get the feeling out, like whatever you're feeling. Even though the children didn't do nothing, they just walked by the house. I'm like, you love fucking cunts, you know, just because it's a good feeling just to call some little child just call somebody a cunt. It, call call somebody else's child a cunt, even the good ones, because you then you remember the the little shit that you remember in the 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 kindergarten or whatever you know when you're picking up your kids it doesn't matter some child got on your nerves and you wanted to call them cutting and you couldn't and they hold it in but when they would walk by your house you just scream it out the window gotta get it out just like the ice cream man you know like i have i have one question though before mm-hmm. we before we wrap this up the process sure. of actually putting the book out there uh mm-hmm. was that something that scared you i know a lot of artists i i, or I shouldn't even say that i'm speaking for myself <laughs> when it comes to, to releasing my music Music, that whole process, you know, with the post-production, you know, uh, getting it dis, dis, uh, getting a distribution uh, apparatus in place, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm already thinking about the stress that's going to be there to print up my book mm-hmm. and get it out there on Amazon or get it out there on my website. How did you navigate that process? Because at one point you had never given out a book before. So how did you navigate that? Did someone help you or did you just jump into it and use the wonders of Google (laughs) to find out how to make that stuff happen? Well, Jeanette helped me do that. Um, uh, Jeanette's the editor I mentioned earlier. So she has editing experience from before then. uh, yes, she okay. um, she actually does her own editing business. Oh. Um, it's called Polar Bear Editing, um, and we follow each other on Twitter. And so she helped me with uh, determining the best methodology and um, setting up Amazon uh, to do it through Amazon self-publishing. Um, and 
I'm not a promoter or advertiser, so it's not like I have a lot of sales, but it's there and it's a pretty easy process to use. Um, as far as, um, are you conscious of the, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, go ahead. I was initially like at first I would check it every day, but you know, like I had family and friends and yeah, because I was gonna yeah, buying it yeah, and, I was gonna ask, are you um, conscious of sales and in the the income from it, profit and all that no, stuff, or no, no you no, just put I, it out I, like, there and it's gonna I live just, its own life. Yeah, I just kind of I stop not caring, but I'm not like obsessed about it, right? Mm. Like if people want to buy it, great. Mm. Um, I also wrote a 400 and something page book, and poetry is a fairly dead genre. You know, there aren't a <laughs> lot of people that are just going out to buy poetry, right? right? right. Um, unless they've always been interested in literature. Um, the second book is uh, only about 80 pages. And I'm hoping still tired from the 400. <laughs> will, uh, right. I, I'm hoping people will be more willing to read that one. It's it's right. like a short a short story of sorts okay. right. in the form of poetry. Um, putting it out there is terrifying, especially a genre like this, because you're putting your heart and soul and secrets out sure. for everybody. For every literally time, everybody. Like every music. time I release a single, I'm scared yes. to death. Even though in yes. my heart I do the, I do my music for myself, but when that step comes to take it and put it out there and let other people hear it and, and form an opinion, mm -hmm. scary, scary. Yes, it's oh. terrifying. But you yeah. do the same thing with your stand up, John. I mean, you but then yeah. you get out there. That's the difference between stand up and putting your music out there. Because if you suck with your music. You know, people just won't buy it, but then you just, right. you don't get anybody yeah. buying. But if you suck in comedy, they will fucking tell you to your face yes, in the crowd, yes, you suck, oh, get yeah. off the stage. They sure will, absolutely. So, so I think it's more scary yeah, to get up on a stage. There's a certain <laughs> nakedness with stand-up comedy that doesn't exist with music or, or even with writing. Or even exists. painting, yeah. But then, And then there's the podcast as well, where on some of my, especially on some of my solo episodes, but even some episodes with Tiffy on Tiffy Tuesday, I'm telling some, I'm putting some personal things out there. Are you, are you worried and, about the comments that you get on the YouTube page? Like, are, are people going to be nasty or something? Or are they going to be? I fully expect them to be. And I guess, you I'm, know not what? I guess well, I'm not worried about I'm it. I'm going to say something to the people listening then. If, if you like what you hear, we do appreciate your comments on the YouTube page. We, I say we like, this is my fucking podcast. I'm, I'm in your house drinking your coffee, using your microphone. But Tiffy, <laughs> Tiffy Tuesday is your series. It's so, my. I serious. Yes. I don't own any of this shit. But anyway, <laughs> where was I going with that story? Oh, the, the 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 comments and, and oh yeah, whatnot. the comment section. So if you like what you're hearing, or if you if this resonates with you in any way, I mean, like like I met Lauren on on YouTube or YouTube on on Twitter. Uh, she resonated with me with her words with something. If something resonates with you uh, and you like what you hear, please comment. Please like and 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 share this. And you know if you don't fucking like what you hear i'm sure you Say already left well. a comment you already left yeah. a comment and thank you so very fucking much and i will be happy to respond to you <laughs> post haste okay too fucking sweet i'll be happy to comment so you, but yeah please go ahead and comment i mean if, if any of this resonates with you let's start a conversation online that's what the whole point of this podcast is to reach out and talk about the things that uh you know are, are important to you i know tiffy tuesday i only talk about what the fuck is important to me and you know because i'm the only one in this fucking world right now on tuesday so i'm the most important thing but lauren thank you so much for coming thank on you. on on our episode of this podcast 
for sharing your art with us, for sharing your past with us, and for sharing your experience in in religion. And you know, and there's this is going to resonate with some people because I know this resonates with me in my childhood and in my next door neighbor boy, Jeff. I mean, he's still in my heart. I still write to him in prison. So, um, <laughs> and he is in prison. So yeah, that's another story for another day. Okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, I still, you know, it's, it's important to share our different life experiences because the more we get to know each other and the more we can put ourselves in other people's shoes, yes. I think the better this world would be. Absolutely. And Amen. your, your Amen. art is making the world better. And I cannot wait to receive your book in the mail finally amen says the only christian on this episode (laughs) (laughs) with your sky daddy (laughs) anyway lauren thank you so much for joining us and and look before we leave can you do me a favor give us a shout out to how how we can buy your book how we can follow you i mean give just what's your call sign shameless plug what's your call sign on twitter uh my handle on twitter is uh poetic engineer one word. I just I just changed it, um, and the website is called thepoeticengineer.com. Okay. And um, and there's a email uh, contact form on there if uh, people want to get a hold of me. And as I said um, on Amazon, sh- sunshine and whiskey book. I found that you have to put book in there, or you're gonna get all kinds of other stuff. <laughs> Six toys. Book, uh, Lauren White, and um, innocently devious. Um, when we can, when can title, we expect that, that to come title out? Title came from an came from an ex, so we oh. can tell that story <laughs> next time. Um, uh, ex of sorts didn't and last when, long. And when is the second book uh, going to be available? Um, hopefully next week. Okay, we are so in we're the process there. Of finishing that up. We're tasting um, it up, and okay. that will be on. Uh, that'll be on Amazon as well. Will that also be on your website? Yes, Thepoeticengineer.com? Yes, there okay. is some info on the website about it. I've actually posted the foreword of the book on the website. Okay. I'm so excited. This I'm is... so excited to get the next book. I'm still excited to get the first book. Thank you again. Once again, Lauren White, The Poetic Engineer. Another woman of STEM. I was, I'm so happy to finally meet you. I, I can't say face-to-face because of the Rona, but I'm so happy to finally meet yes. you. And I'm so happy to share you with the world, girl. Me to you. You I, keep I'm, doing what you're life. doing. And, and <laughs> I, uh, First I, I, podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to say thank you as well. This has really been, uh, uh, like I tell everyone, the purpose of my podcast is to, it's, I'm a little selfish to start with because I want to get something out of it for myself, mm-hmm. some new knowledge, uh, some therapeutic warmth. And you have definitely given that. And then I pass it on to my listeners and hope that they can get the same thing. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I, I really appreciate you having me got, having me on. And uh, we didn't even get to any of my notes. So <laughs> well, well, I tell you, you're coming back. You're coming back. <laughs> you're a loyal Oak artist. You're a loyal now, Oak artist. You're so in the family. You're, you're in, the, in family. the family, bitch. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's it then. Yeah. Thanks again. Once again, Lauren White. Uh, stick, around, stick around for a second after I sign off. Would yeah. you please? Lauren? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And this has been uh, yet another Tiffy Tuesday uh, in the Tiffy Tuesday series uh, on the Coming On Podcast with John Allen. Thanks for listening, everybody. Say goodbye, Tiff. Goodbye, Tiff. Bye, everybody. Thank you and goodbye.